Hey everyone, welcome to a new episode of Life's Multiverse. Today we have a very unique guest with an extraordinary story that I hope we'll all learn from. We're having Ulrika Carlson. Ulrika, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Albert. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I'm very excited for this episode, honestly, because your story was like very unique and exceptional. I would like to hear more about it. So can you tell us more about yourself? Thank you. So uh, yes, today, uh, obviously, I feel good and I feel that I've created a good life for myself. But obviously, you know, uh, stories goes, it hasn't always been like that. Uh, 15 years ago, I was uh, very depressed, uh, burned out and suicidal. So uh, it was a very, <laughs> it was a very tough situation for me at the time. I was a mother of two, two little children, and I had uh, severe nightmares. I woke up every night uh, after only 15 minutes per sleep. Uh, and every night in my dreams, I was being murdered and tortured. So um, I was on the edge. My cogn cognitive abilities were really affected. I had no memories. I did really, I did things that were, you know, not healthy because I couldn't even, you know, see that, that they weren't. Uh, I had panic attacks. I had a lot of eczema. I had eating disorders. And on top of that, only sleeping 15 minutes per night with the consequences of being depressed and suicidal. So it was a very dark time in my life. And, um, you know, I at the time I was a seeker. So I tried to seek help from outer things or try to distract myself or try to numb myself or try to be the good girl always being on the move into another project uh, I had uh, eating disorders also so going to the gym would be a very good way to to control all these things that I had suppressed within me that I wasn't even conscious of So uh, life was very hectic and, uh, you know, as a mom also to two small children. So um, then one day I go to therapy and she tells me, you really, you are not well. You really should be home, you know, for, you really should be home for a couple of days. And I was like, me sick? No, I don't think so. You know, I don't have a cold, uh, but obviously I didn't work, I didn't function cognitive, I was so stressed, so like any small sound made me jerk and jump and I was really sensitive to lights and and obviously as I said, um, I wanted I wanted to end my life, like every day that I looked at myself in the mirror I just saw these eyes that were really lifeless and I looked at myself with a lot of self-hatred and disdain and like, who is this? You know, I don't want to, I don't want to live anymore. So for me to come back from where I was has been a long journey, challenging journey. Uh, but I came to a point at the time where I realized like either, you know, I need to change or if I continue, I'll be dead. 
and if I'm dead, I am of no use to my small children. You know, then then they will be motherless, and they they have no use of me whatsoever if I'm dead. Uh, so there were some turning points for me on my journey, uh, points where I realized that somehow I needed to change, life needed to change, or I would be dead. Yeah, that's really thrilling. Uh, sorry for interrupting. And there are too many things uh, I wanted to ask you about in this uh, part of the story, because uh, it sounds very intense. And the things that you experienced are very brutal, I guess. But you mentioned something that you went to the therapy and you were convinced that you are not sick. How do you explain that? And what was the wake-up call for you that you were really sick, I would say? Thank you. So uh, I had many wake-up calls. Like I had... I had many signals all the time. I just didn't listen. I didn't know how to listen because I was so programmed in being this good girl, in managing my weight, uh, you know, how I looked, how I how I carried myself uh, to be the good girl, to be effective, to be, you know, high. How do you say high? Um, yeah, always on the move anyway, busy, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, high performance. Exactly. Thank you, Albrecht. So, and at the time, you know, this was my reality. And I didn't realize at the time, as I said, that I was sick. I didn't realize that I was depressed. I didn't realize, you know, that I was suicidal because for me, that was normal. I didn't know there was, uh, I thought everybody, you know, felt like this. This is like how, like how life should be. So one turning point was when I go out to my parents' cabin in the archipelago because Also, at the time I was married, at the time my husband didn't know that every night I was only sleeping 15 minutes per night. And every night at 2.47 a.m. Let's see if you see it like... <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's blurred. So uh, uh, it's 2.47 a.m. anyway. 2.47 so, uh, Yeah, there you go. <laughs> 2.47 a.m. So... Uh, Every night I woke up at 2.47 a.m. Uh, with a pounding heart, uh, a stale taste of blood in my mouth and, you know, all sweaty, being disorientated as I woke up with silent screams from being murdered in my dreams. Every night I was being murdered, I was slaughtered, I was tortured, there was, you know, blood splattering. And every night I came back, you know, like gulping for air and with silent screams and totally disorientated until I watched the alarm clock 2.47 a.m. And then I realized that I had only sleep, been sleeping for 15 minutes because the last time I looked at the red digits on the alarm clock, it was 2.32. So this was like, you know, for decades that I only slept for 15 minutes. Same time? Like, what yeah. happens? Didn't you try to, like, to go to bed differently? in different times? Oh, I tried so many things. I tried therapy. I tried uh, light therapy. I tried uh, sleeping therapy to, you know, not to go to sleep and only to go to sleep when I was really, you know, falling down. Uh, I, tr I, I tried so many things. I tried uh, medications, um, insomnia and sleeping pills. Uh, they didn't work for me. 
I just felt like I had a hangover, you know. So I was still awake, but then in the morning I, it felt like I had a hangover. So I, I tried so many things because I have had sleeping disorders for as long as I can remember. And so it started when I was like maybe a, teen, a young teenager having sleeping disorders and I adapted to that. And then, you know, I woke up earlier and earlier and I could go back to sleep. And I, uh, so this was like a long, long process. Mm-hmm. But, but for me, I adapted and, you know, sort of the less I slept, the more I did. I was hectic at the gym. I was always busy running around, counting calories. Uh, I did vacuum my house seven times a day. Uh, so a lot of fucked <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. so, up. Uh, so one of the turning points for me were when I went I told my husband that I was really, really tired. And, you know, my baby girl was only like three months at the time. So it was normal to be tired as, as a newborn mom with another two-year-old son. But I never told my husband that I was murdered next to him every night. He never knew that, you know, uh, in my dreams that I was being slaughtered next to him every night. So I just said that I was really tired. I needed to go away. So I went to the Swedish archipelago where my cab, my, my parents have a cabin. And it's winter 2008. It's a beautiful winter's day. And when I come out there, it's like, oh, maybe now I can sleep, you know, maybe now I can relax and just enjoy the silence because I was so sensitive for sounds, as I just mentioned before. But I have this really weird feeling inside. It's It feels like a volcano that is about to erupt and it scares the shit out of me because I don't know what it is. It feels like I'm going to explode. So uh, I go out in the in the forest, in the Swiss archipelago. The sun is shining, it's snowing, so you can see the snowflakes. It's a beautiful day. And then I feel this thing, whatever it is, unknown, uh, moving really fast inside of me and you know so I'm picking up the pace trying to walk even quicker to suppress it or to try to escape from it but all of a sudden I just feel like I have this knife into my heart it's like a dagger like so the pain is massive it's so intense so I remember that I you know I hold my breath, I gasp for air, and I press my hands towards my heart and have this thought that, oh my God, I'm going to die. I, I'm having a heart attack. So I'm, I'm dying here in the forest. I didn't have time to say goodbye to my children. I'm here all by myself. Uh, and I have this immense pain and I just fall into the snow. And there it's like I hear a snap. It's like, like a crack or a snap. And then... All of a sudden, I, from a long distance, I hear these horrifying sounds. It sounds like, you know, a dying animal. So I'm like, oh my God, not only am I, you know, having a heart attack and dying here in the snow, there's like a wolf here that's going to come and eat me. Until I realize that this howling and grunting and these screams are my own. So there I am, uh, my body starts to move, uh, I hear another snap and I start to cry. So it's like, you know, opening the floodgates. So it's just pouring down and I'm screaming and 
and howling and grunting and my body's moving, jerking back and forth. And so this goes on for many hours because when I come back to my senses, I hear the, the tears subside. I hear the gruntings become lower and lower and, and all of, all, all of a sudden I, I'm like back and it's pitch black, pitch black. So that means that I've been lying there for hours. And for the first time in decades, it's total silence. There's no thoughts. It's just still. And the best that I can describe it is like it's a stillness in expansion, like this stillness expanding within me. And it's so silent, no thoughts. And it's like all my senses are enhanced. So I can see the snowflakes, snowflakes even it's pitch dark. Uh, I can hear the snowflakes. And for the first time that I can remember, I felt really in peace with this stillness in expansion. And then when I go home, uh, I don't... I don't turn any lights on. I sit there in the darkness. Uh, I've been lying in the snow all the time, but I'm not cold. And I, I know that this somehow was significant. I couldn't describe in what way. I didn't know why or how so, because nothing had changed except, you know, all this crying and, and making a lot of weird sounds. But the, experience was totally different so I knew something had shifted or that it was like a turning point and from there there has been many breakdowns and many facing a lot of suppressed emotions healing a lot of traumas that are stored in my body and in each and one of us body in ourselves in our DNA because everything is stored everything that we don't express everything that we don't heal or anything that we don't deal with is still stored within our energetic and physical bodies so uh, from there on you know there was many many years of re recovering and many years of building back my inner organs all my organs were really depleted so um, yeah and so what I do now to my clients Obviously, I know it works because I'm sitting right here, right? Otherwise, I would have been dead. So, um, to guide people back into their bodies and live more heart-centered lives and with an increased consciousness, more aligned with who they are on the soul level. But uh, so my journey wasn't so easy. It was quite challenging, and uh, at the time also there was a divorce from my husband, and we have two close uh, relatives that that died so and at the same time you know I was suicidal every day I looked in the mirror thinking is this the day that I'm gonna end my life so um, and here I am now <laughs> yeah that's absolutely extraordinary and the story you shared it's like very uh, it sounds very strange but at the same time it's like really extraordinary uh, my question is, how, how did you make sense of it at the moment and later? Like now, how do you reflect on it and how, how do you make sense of what happened? And do you think that was like the turning point that the wake up call that uh, like happened to your body and led you on the path of recovery? 
So thank you for the questions, many good questions. So it was one of the turning points. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had many of those. I had I, I can you know talk about many of them, but that was one because I realized that I I somehow I needed to change. I I knew somehow that you know, as I said, either I'm going to continue to live the way that I do, and then I will be dead, and then my kids won't have any mom, or I needed to change, and I had no idea. I had no ha- idea what needed to change. I had no idea how to change that that I didn't even know how to change. Um, I I was so sick, so I still couldn't work. So I I had to quit my job and you know try to to do what I had healed myself from or what I was healing, you know. So it was an ongoing journey while I was healing myself and also trying to, you know, support my kids as a single mom, etc., etc. So there were so many layers to this. Uh, and I know that it happened now. I didn't know that at the time, obviously, because at the time I was wondering, you know, why me? What have I done so wrong that I that I feel like this, you know, I'm an honorable person. I don't steal, I don't lie, I don't cheat. I don't, I haven't murdered anybody. So why this suffering? Why am I suffering so much? Why, why me? What have I done? Like, so I, 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 I didn't understand, I didn't know. And that is the scary part when everything is unclear and uncertain and you don't know, you know, you have no idea and yet still, you know, you have to do something, right? So from there, there's been like uh, a lot of practicing, uh, a lot of practicing to surrender, a lot of practicing to to be in the unknown and to trust that, you know, somehow, because we always get information. We are all intuitive beings, intuitive energetic beings, but most of us, myself included, I wasn't used to listen. I didn't know what signs to listen for or how they would, you know, appear. And I I was so much up in my headspace. And from a yogic perspective, when we are so much up in the headspace, planning ahead, you know, uh, trying to solve problems logically, overwhelmed, repeating thoughts over and over. When you're in your head, this means that your energy from a yogic perspective has left the body, right? Mm-hmm. So everything that is uncomfortable within the body, uh, all your traumas, all your suppressed emotions, you are escaping. The energy is escaping. So what you need to do is to go back within. You need to descend with the energy into the body where everything lies and resides and is stored. And there's a saying like, you know, the, the only way through is through. I mean, I had tried so many strategies to numb myself, to distract myself, trying to move around these obstacles. Uh, but the only way through is through. And like, the more I want to expand out there, the more success I want to be successful, the more I want to be in flow, the healthier I want to be, the the only way forward is inward, right? Mm-hmm. So I needed to to descend into my body and to face all these fears, face all these traumas that it was 
unhealed to express these unexpressed emotions because emotion is energy emotion right emotion is energy emotion and energy emotion you can hear it by the name they are meant to move and to flow through but in our western societies many of us we cling to our emotion we're stuck in our emotion we don't express our emotion we suppress them and then these emotions become frozen emotions i call them frozen emotions and with frozen emotions you have blockages in your energetic flow you have blockages in your life in your health etc and eventually you will get symptoms and you will not be at ease disease so this is how diseases are made uh, here in the western society that like a lot of traumas fears programs and unresolved emotions so to unlock all these frozen emotions you need to actually feel them you you can't sugarcoat them you can't replace so if i have a lot of fears stored in my body if i have a lot of traumas i can't replace it by thinking affirmations or thinking positive right because many people try to do this uh, i call it like a spiritual bypass because it's like don't worry you know make affirmations think positive and it will go away but no it won't because that is the same energy that keeps these emotions stuck not to pretend that they are there not to address them not to express them so these unexpressed emotions become frozen emotions and become diseases so for me the journey was a lot to you know to look them in the eye to feel them to allow them to move through to lock to lock up the frozen emotions and to allow them to be energy again as we know that everything is energy right mm-hmm. everything that we are everything that we do everything that we say all the actions we are energy we are energetic beings mm-hmm. and when we get sick that's because the energy is stuck physically emotionally mentally spiritually etc so i had to defrost <laughs> my emotions and the only way you can do that is to become aware of them because you cannot change anything that you are unaware of right you need to be aware aha okay so this is a, this is what's going on so you had to be aware and then to feel them to embrace them to transform and transmute because these inner shadows these inner wounds your inner darkness can be transformed into more light to more consciousness. Mm-hmm. And we know that we only have access to 5% of consciousness, right? This means that we are ruled, governed by 95% of unconscious programs, unresolved emotions, traumas, etc. So when we be- began to resolve and to clear out these frozen emotions, diseases, blockages, etc., we also gain access to more and higher states of consciousness higher states of lights right mm-hmm. so that was my journey back to to feel it all and to move through it all not to bypass not to numb not to distract because i had tried that so many years and it didn't work so yeah. the only way the only way forward for me was moving inward and as high as i want to rise as deep i need to go 
right? Exactly. It's like an arrow. For the arrow to flow forward, you need to pull, you know, the energy back so it can flow straight. So that's also what I needed to go to do. I needed to move inwards and to dig deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rika, it all makes sense. You know, like a lot of things to unpack, a lot of uh, information, a lot of uh, ideas there uh, in what you said. There are many things uh, that made me curious. Like first, you mentioned that you used to suppress your emotions or work around them. You mentioned like a couple of ways, affirmations. Did you try that affirmations? What are other ways you used to do to like uh, work around or bypass your emotions um, that maybe someone else out there is doing without their knowing, for example, or even me maybe because uh, I can resonate with a lot of what you're saying and yeah I have um, I'm living an example of that right now in my life which is another long story but it very much like resonates with what you said so thank you so there's honestly Albert I think there are as many ways you can abuse and misuse as you can use right we Mm -hmm. can we can use medications but we can also abuse we can use alcohol we can drink alcohol we can also abuse so i my strategies i numbed myself with work like i did a lot of work i i went to the gym as i said i i vacuumed my house seven times a day Mm -hmm. all to keep these these emotions obey or everything that i did was a way to distract myself from feeling because these feelings were so dense, so intense, and they scared me. And I didn't even know that there were emotions. I thought, you know, I thought there was something wrong with me. I thought that I was, you know, bipolar, schizophrenic. I, I thought that it was, you know, I always saw myself like an alien, like I didn't belong, etc., etc. So I took all the opportunities to distract myself from these ordinary things in everyday life, like going to the gym, like cleaning at home, uh, like always, you know, if even if I was going to go to the store, I tried to run there, run back and forth and, and to distract. You can distract yourself with your cell phones, with your computers, with work, with sex. Uh, In our societies, we think that being a workaholic, that is a good thing, right? This man or woman, she's working a lot. So she's very productive and very efficient and very successful. Got her shit or his shit together. But being a workaholic is a severe imbalance from the yogic perspective because it all comes back to, as a yogi, we talk a lot about chakras, right? Chakra is energy center. It means the center for energy. And um, as we are energetic beings, we have over 80,000 chakras in our bodies. Like, you know, if you're sore here or sore there, you can feel that you, uh, you know, maybe some stuck in your energy, you can feel it if you if you are sore or stiff. But the yoga, yogi perspective works with the seven biggest chakras. And the root chakra that is, you know, uh, all your basic needs when you were a baby. Mm-hmm. And your root chakra is about being connected to yourself and to this planet. 
But since we are in balance, most of us are in balance in our root chakra. This is also why we are polluting, you know, our own planet. We are polluting it. We are uh, cutting down Mother Earth's forests. We are, you know, polluting the oceans, etc., etc. Because we are not connected. We live in big skyscrapers, high skyscrapers, and we are disconnected from ourselves and disconnected from each other and from this beautiful planet, our home. And this is because a severe imbalance in the root chakra. And when we are imbalanced here, we try to compensate it by being a workaholic, for example. Right. right? We are trying to compensate it by earning a lot of money and spend a lot of money and buying a lot of things because we think that all these things will fill our inner emptiness, our inner holes. And this means that we are looking out here for things to fill us, right? So we can be whole and healed and happy. And this means that we are looking for the wrong things at the wrong places because there's nothing out there. No money in the world can, you know, fill you up if you feel that you have a hole inside. Right. Right? So you need to fill this emptiness, this longing, this hole with yourself. So you need to heal your root chakra and you need to align yourself in all the chakra system. And this is what we see in the in the world today because if I was connected in myself, if I was balanced and aligned in my root chakra, I could never harm anybody. Yeah. I could never go at war. And you see what we do to this planet. So what's going on in the outer reality, the outer realms, is just a mirror of our own individual fucked up programs right and imbalances so each person that comes into balance and alignment also contribute contribute to the collective consciousness so um, they say you know happiness is an inside job and it truly is and it's also to take radical responsibility because there's nobody to blame you can't blame you know your parents your teachers your, your husband your wife It is up to you because nobody's going to come and save you. You have to save yourself. You have to fill your your inner holes with yourself. You are the ones that you're waiting for. You are the one that fills your inner holes so that you become whole. <laughs> yeah, these are very wise words. Thank you so much for that. Thank uh, you. Like very important that you mentioned uh, about these distractions. Actually, some of them some of them are obvious. But uh, some are not like the gym, for example, many people think that it is actually not a distraction and it is a way for healing. But from what you said, you you think that it is not the pr appropriate way to deal with your emotions. And it's like also falls under distractions. I can also for, for me, it was yes, because yeah. I also had the wrong intent because my yeah. intent was all about looking good or, you know, losing weight. So my intent was never, you know, to feel good. My intent was, you know, to become slimmer and slimmer and more and more fit. And, you know, I had this distorted view upon myself that I was only worthy of love mm -hmm. uh, if I was this good girl or if I was fit or whatever. So this is distortions and programs that we all have in our in our root chakra, whether we are conscious of it or not. Right. Hmm. Yeah, I think this resonates with a lot of people and it will help like a lot. 
Unfortunately, we ran out of time now for today's episode, but it's very interesting chatting with you and I can't wait to have you for like maybe part two, even part I would love that. Yeah, yes. there's a lot to, to unpack and to talk about. It is. It's, it's a heavy subject and it's still a subject that is very taboo because uh, here in Sweden, where I'm from, a lot of people are depressed and burned out and it's still... It's like very shameful that you're not strong enough, but it's actually the contrary, that you have been too strong in doing the wrong things for a very long time. You just haven't paid attention to your body signals. You know, like like I was one of them. I could have fever and then I just took some pills and I still went to work instead of resting and I always pushed myself. And, and these are very toxic patterns and behaviors that most of us have one way or another you know in one shape or form so it always comes back to you the change that you want to have you have to do the change that you want to see you have to create and it's it takes a lot of courage I just want to say also that the word courage comes from the French word of heart courage so it takes a lot of courage to to change that to to you know, acknowledge your fears and to transform them and, and to create the life that you want that is more aligned and more in balance in the chakras, in body, mind, spirit, etc. So I uh, just want to end by saying, first of all, thank you for listening. And if there's like one sentence that is resonating with you, I'm really happy because it's like ripple effects. Because when I was depressed, uh, I heard something on Oprah Winfrey show that hindered me that day from committing suicide. So mm -hmm. I feel that then the, the circle is closed if there's something that I say that resonates with you who listens. Right. So thank you for listening. Sure. And the second thing is that if you find yourself in a dark space, if you are depressed, mm -hmm. you can also reflect upon the word depressed like a deep rest. Instead of being depressed, it's like a deep rest for body, mind, and soul. And you're actually a plant that might have been planted in, in the dark soil for you to thrive into something else that is more aligned with who you are. Right, right. Makes sense. Thank you so much, Ulrika. Thank you so much, Albert, for having me. I'm looking forward to connect again. Sure, me too.